You are listening to the Point Harbor Church Podcast. Experience a place where you can grow in your faith, connect with others, and discover the story God has for your life. For more resources, visit us online at pointharbor.com. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Well, Happy New Year. First service of the new year, 2024. Anybody excited? Anybody glad to be done with 2023? Amen. Yeah. Uh, Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, in your blue Bibles, in the seat racks if you don't have a Bible, that is our gift to you, grab that before your neighbor does, and it's on page, what is it, 1009 in the blue Bible, and uh, we are going to be in Acts chapter 3, all of Acts chapter, a short chapter, and into the first four verses of Acts chapter 4, but there's some huge stuff, man, I've been excited about, thank you, Lee. Excited about uh, bringing this to you uh, this week. Also, we have these message notes. How many of you have these? You have message notes? Yay. All right. The rest of you need to grab yours if you're a note taker, all right? If you're not a note taker, then, you know, uh, disregard. But I can go back. I might bring my uh, notebook. When I was a brand new Christian, it was a little thing, a little spiral bomb thing. And it's in my office at home. It's chock full of notes. I mean, I just, I, I, that's how I learn. Uh, I write things down. It helps me to learn. If that's you, then grab that out there because I don't know how long they're going to be available. We've already... Uh, that given away or sold like 200, 300 of them. So it is exciting. Most of you probably have one. Now, also, while you're turning to Acts chapter 3, let me give a shout out to the U version. I uh, read through the Bible, typically read through the whole Bible every year. This year I'm concentrating on the New Testament. And so um, I am challenging you to join me in this or in some plan. This is in uh, uversion.com. And it is, uh, the one I'm doing is Own It 365 New Testament. It's a six day of the week plan. And uh, it's only like a chapter a day if that. So a bunch of you have already joined with me in that. And hopefully you are up to speed. Um, I had to do mine last night at like uh, 8, 11.30. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I haven't done my Bible. So anyway, and you could do it audio, audio, listen to it or read it or read it and listen to it. So you need to jump on that though. It'll change your life, change your life. So I'm speaking today on my pain and his purpose. My pain and his purpose. The main scripture is Acts 3, uh, 1 through 4, 4. If you have, you have a little place for that in your notes thingy. Uh, write that down. The speaker is PJ. That's me, Pastor John. So uh, Acts chapter 3, are you there? Say I'm there. All right, here we go. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. That's 3 p.m., the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, Uh, and and a man lame from birth. He was lame how long? From birth. birth, Was being carried, who they laid daily, at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate. And it was a beautiful gate. It was this really just ornate gate. And so it really juxtaposed this beautiful gate and a beggar right there. And he he did that on purpose strategically, you know, hoping that folks would go, oh, man. And so he was there to ask... Uh, alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Alms are gifts, you know, donations. And Peter directed his gaze at him, and as did John, and, and uh, said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something, you know, a few bucks from them. But Peter said, 
uh, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and what? Walk. And he took him by the right hand because this is funny. So this dude's never walked in his life. And Peter's just commanded him to walk. And he probably hesitated a little bit. So Peter being Peter reaches down, grabs him <laughs> by the right hand, raises him up. And immediately his ankles or his feet and ankles are made strong and leaping up, leaping up. He stood and began to walk, entering the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God, which was not appropriate for the holy place, right? Some, you know, some of you, you know, you brought up in churches like, oh, shh, be quiet, God's here. Like, don't wake him up. But, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this dude, he didn't care, man. I mean, he was healed. This is something out of the blue. And uh, so he's jumping and leaping and praising God. And all the people, verse 9, saw him walking and praising God, recognized him. They all saw him every stinking day as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while he clung, I thought that's interesting, he hangs on to Peter and John, not because he needs stability, but because he's like, I'm not letting you guys go, man. <laughs> you just brought me a blessing. All the people, utterly astounded, ran to them in the portico called Solomon. It's Solomon's colonnade. It's this long, big, huge, high uh, colonnade. Pillars, uh, open air, but, but a, a roof on it that is attached to the temple where they used to have a lot of meetings. And Peter saw it. When he saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, we've made him walk? It's not us. The God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God of our fathers glorified his servant who? Jesus, whom you delivered. Now look at what he does. He just goes, Zach who you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he, Pilate, decided to release him. But you... You know, I highlighted every time you was in this passage, because Peter's just in their face. You denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer, uh, Barnabas, to, uh, Barsabbas, to be delivered or granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. In his name, by faith in his name, he has made this man or has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know you acted in ignorance. Now he gives them a little bit of, you know, okay, you were stupid. As also did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of his, all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. And then he just drives it home. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That, here's what will happen, times of refreshing may come, that means release from burden, from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send uh, the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. He's talking about the last days. Moses said, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. Obey. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to the prophet shall be destroyed. I mean, Peter's not backing down from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets of the covenant that God made but with your father saying to Abraham and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. We're blessed because through the Jews, Jesus came. 
God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first, to the Jews first, to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And as they were speaking, this is four of one, to all the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed. I think that's hilarious. You know, <laughs> they were ticked off. I mean, they were ticked off. Greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They thought once Jesus was dead, this mess would go away. And they arrested them, put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. By this time, it's probably five, six o'clock. But... Many of those who heard the word did what? Believed. And the number of men came to about 5,000. The number of men. They weren't even counting the women or the kids. And Jews typically married early. So if it's 5,000 men, it's probably how many women? 5,000 women. And then they have, get together and have children. So there's another at least 5,000, probably 20,000. This church went from 120 that we saw last week to 3,120 to like 20,000 or 21, 22,000 people. So this is huge stuff, man. And there are some, some huge things in here. How many of you were around in 1969? Come on, you admit it. All right, eh, about yeah, one third of you. All right, you old, you old peoples. All right, 1969, Quebec, Canada, if I remember right. I was probably 10 years old. And we're there on family vacations. We used to do family vacations. And, and so we're up in Quebec for whatever reason. And, and um, outside a store, you know, we're out and I've got a little bit of money that I've saved up from my pigs or whatever. Not a whole lot. Yeah, I'm a farm boy. And, and so we're up there and we're touring around Quebec. And my dad is a big history buff. So he's, you know, talking about the cliffs of Quebec and how they were scaled in order to take the city of Quebec back, you know, with the Revolutionary War. And so there's all this stuff that he's telling us and instructing us. And we come up and on this, right outside the storefront, there's this dude. And I look and I do a double take. He's got a little can and no legs, no legs. And I'm like, wow. And my little 10 year old heart, I'm like, wow. He's got this little can, and he's just, you know, and people are going by, and what are they doing? Is everybody giving them money? No, what are they doing? They ain't making eye contact. They have the same thing that y'all do over at Walmart with those people. Right? I do it too. You know, I, and this is, this is not in the notes, but forgive me, but I'm like, you look more physically fit than me. <laughs> I can get you a, you know, uh, somebody that knows where some good jobs are. And so a lot of that's a scam. It's, and it's hard on the people that, you know, really have needs because these folks are scamming. Some of these people are making more than $60,000 a year. Some of you are going to be out there next week, aren't you? Hey. <laughs> but they were, back to my story. They were, they were just not making eye contact. And, but I'm just this little kid and I'm looking and this dude doesn't have any legs. And he's sitting there and I'm watching people go by. I'm like, how can you go by these, this dude? And so I reached in my pocket and grabbed it. It was only a couple bucks I had. And I went over there. And I was nervous, you know, because I didn't, you know, I just didn't really make eye contact either and, and, and went away. I think he murmured, thank you. That's a, that's a need. A lot of healing needed out there, yeah? A lot of healing needed in here, too. But there's something I want to drive home that you may have a knee-jerk reaction to, some of you, depending where you're at in life and what you're going through. Physical healing, and hear me, physical healing is not the main healing we should be praying for or seeking for. Now, I'm not saying don't pray for it, all right? Don't hear me saying that. I'm just saying it's not the most important. Do pray for it. The Bible says you have not because you ask not, and so do pray for it. I've prayed for my hearing loss for over a year now. It is a pain in the butt, 
we have staff meetings, and half the time I think they're talking about me. You know, got some conspiracy going on over there. Laughing, hoo, hoo, hoo. No, we have great staff meetings. But I'm always saying, and I feel, you know, what was that? What was that? Huh? Leaning in. You new visitors and stuff. You know, some of you think I'm weird because you come up and I start leaning into your bubble. Like Myrtle, he's in my bubble. That's because I can't hear you. That's why I can't hear you. I lost uh, two-thirds of my hearing last year. And so we're trying to figure out how to, you know, what, what should we do? Because the, the, the background noise in there is atrocious, you know. So if there's anything else going on, I'm, I'm basically, I can't hear much. And so we're trying to, as a staff, figure out, you know, how to help poor Pastor John out. And one of our ladies, Jessica, came up with this great idea that I may actually use. Get a lanyard. You know, we got these lanyards on the back of it. Almost died. <laughs> lost some hearing. Speak clearly and loudly. Limit conversation to 45 seconds. Thanks for coming. God bless. <laughs> so while you're, you know, talking, I'll just flip it around and to remind you, use your outside voice. <laughs> so, but, you know, I would love to have healing from that. And, and, and we don't have time to go into it, but it's not always God's will to heal physically. It's not, no matter what the dudes on TV tell you. Some of you believe that it is, but it's not. Do I still pray for healing? Yeah, I do, but actually, maybe just a lack of faith. Not as much as I used to, because I look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was given a thorn in the flesh, he calls it, that was, we don't know what it was. Some, a lot of people think it was his eyes just ran constantly because of some other things he said in the New Testament. We don't know. But he had something that just was, and he was praying. He said, I prayed uh, to God and prayed. And when he used the word prayer, he's like, man, I prayed. You know, Paul could pray. How many times? Three times. For the Lord to take it away. But God said what? Second Corinthians. Hey, my grace is sufficient for you. Your, 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 my strength is going to come to you in your weakness. And so Paul said, then I, will, I will gladly say, well, praise God for my weakness. Praise God for my issues. And so I, I still pray occasionally uh, uh, for it. You can pray, continue to pray. I'm not saying don't pray. I'm just saying, I, 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 I don't want to. Since last October, I, you know, I did what I felt I needed to do and preached and led this church for, what, 24 years now. But since then, because I'm weaker, in, in, in different areas. Equilibrium, you know, stamina, it, it weakened me. I, I, but I believe, I believe, and I'm not just saying this to get amens or whatever, have you come up and say, yeah. I believe that God is using me more since that because of weakness. That's, that's kind of how he does things so often. And we look at it in this passage. So, I don't, just, I don't, don't want to say don't pray for physical healing. That physical healing is not important. It is important. But do get this, the priority level of God's healing. First is, is physical healing, or it's first, it's tertiary. It's third, actually. And I want you to get this, all right? And don't hear me saying don't pray for your healing. Don't pray for Aunt Myrtle's cancer. That is not what I'm saying at all. Do, do, do. But that's tertiary, physical healing, healing of your body, of disease and sickness, COVID, whatever. But it's the third more. So it's the bottom level of our life that we need healing in. Important, but not the most important. Are you tracking with me? There are two more parts of you that, uh, that need healing even more desperately. And the secondary one is soul healing. The healing of your soul. 
What is your soul? It's your emotional healing, your psychological healing. Your soul is that thing that contains your consciousness and your conscience and your intellect and your emotions and your will. There are marriages in here. You're both perfectly healthy physically, but you're a wreck emotionally, one or both of you. And you've got, there's a psychosis, if you will. There's an emotional dysfunction. And it's interfering with and affecting your relationship with each other and with others and with your kids. And so you might be perfectly healthy, but you, you just, man, you would rather have some physical ailment and have a, a wonderful marriage. Because it's more important. Soul healing. And listen, if you are handicapped physically, some of you, but your soul is healed, you have. If your soul is healed, you have a joy and a peace and a purpose in spite of your physical limitations. That's good. You've got the better healing. What do you mean? But some of you, you're, you're, again, healthy physically, but your soul is a mess. You've got no real joy, no real peace, probably no purpose. That kid that just the latest school shooting, shut up that school in Iowa, you look at his, they, they took down, they scrubbed a lot of his online stuff, but I saw some of it, you know, that somebody had grabbed before they scrubbed it. And he's running around physically, he's, you know, he's okay. He's running around, playing on a playground, doing all this stuff, physically, fine. But mentally, emotionally, soul-wise, he was messed up. Messed up in his soul. Confused about his sexual identity, news media doesn't want to admit that. Probably tormented in relationships. All of this stuff, which caused him to take a gun and go in and shoot a kid and a whole bunch of other kids, kill one. So that's number two healing. What's number one healing? You know what this is, spiritual healing. It is primary. It is primary. It's the number one healing that you and I need, and sadly, it is typically considered last. Put it to bottom, even by some of you. You're like, well, John, I, you know, this is a little techie for me to, you know, body, soul, spirit to wrap my head around. And I know I, I'm, a, I'm a visual learner, so I, I want to help you. This is you before you come to Jesus. You got a body, you got a soul, you got a spirit. Why is there a line through my spirit? Because your spirit is dead. Your spirit is dead, but you're, you're, you're basically a three-part creature. And, there, and the line through your spirit is explained in Ephesians 2, and you were dead. Now, you weren't dead in the body because you're still alive. You're trucking around. God told Adam and Eve, in the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. They didn't die in the body. They didn't die in the soul because they were still able to communicate with themselves and their kids, but they died in their spirit. So you were dead in trespasses and in sins, carrying out the desires of the body, all right, and the mind, and were by nature children of what? Wrath. God said, I'm coming after you, and it ain't going to be good if you stay in this condition. So let me lay the groundwork. I connect to the world, if you will, or things that you can see, taste, touch with my body. I connect to others in my soul, and who do I connect to in my spirit? God. So if your spirit is dead, who can't you connect to? God, you can't. You can't connect to God at all spiritually. You can get religion, you can get church, you can you know, have catechism, you can't have God. You're not connected to God, no matter if you think you are or not. But I love this. Look where it goes here, take it back to the, to the uh, text. 
all these things. You were dead. You were dead in trespasses and in sins. You, you, you had these desires because of this. Your body and your soul, your mind, it's just you're a mess. You're a child of wrath. But God, ha, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, John three sixteen, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us what? Alive. He comes in by his Holy Spirit and revives, regenerates our spirit, and now we are alive spiritually. By grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, are you saved? You are saved, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. So that is, that is you when you come to Jesus. You used to have, be dead spiritually. You were alive bodily and soul, mind, intellect, but you were dead spiritually. You trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and God makes your spirit revive, resurrect. Praise the Lord, your personal resurrection. But you're not holistically healed yet. This is where many of you are. I want you to pay attention. You've been healed spiritually. You've got heaven as your home to look forward to, but some of you are still living or a personal hell here on earth. Why is that? Your spirit's been healed. You're going to heaven. You're going to get in there by the skin of your teeth, right? But you're going to heaven. But your body and soul, one or both of them, are a mess, not healed. Well, what's the, what's the problem, John? How can I fix it? How can I fix it? And I want you to pay attention. I mean, this, this could radically change your 2024. Here's the thing. Here's the problem. You're out of order. You're out of order. What do you mean I'm out of order? Well, look at here. You're the, you gotta, you, now your spirit's alive, right? Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Spirit's living in me. But you're out of order. There's a tension here. Because the body is number one. Soul is number two. God is number three. That's how some of you live. You're here this morning, but you live this way. God's third, if that. You say, you say, I, I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, man. All right, hopefully you have. But you are, the Bible calls this carnal. You are living a carnal life with your body as the main driver of all the decisions that you make. Some of you got addictions. What, what's the problem, John? That's the problem. Spirit's not leading you. Your body's leading you. Your body is telling your soul, your mind what to do whether it's an addiction or whatever, and then you're just kind of discounting God, bringing him along for the trip. And there's a tension, there's a tension here. I want you to write down Galatians 5, 16. I'm gonna read it to you. I love this, love this, love this. And this explains what you are going through. Galatians, if you have time, turn there. I don't know what page it's on, all right? Uh, in your Bible. But he's talking about walking in the spirit in Galatians 5 and, and verse 16. Galatians 5, verse what? 16, this is one you ought to memorize. This is one I, I live by, or I try to live by. But I say, walk in the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then he explains it. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. John, why can't I read the Bible through? I've tried a hundred times. I've tried over and over. Every January I try. Why? Here's why. Your body's the driver. Spirit's not driving you. And they are they're basically warring against each other because you're out of order. You're driven by your appetites. And they're wrong. They're not spiritual appetites. You're driven by your fleshly appetites. Now back to Acts chapter three. 
how do I, how do I get fixed then? You got this tension going on and this happens a lot. You know, you say, I want to, I want to do good. I, I don't want to lust. I, I don't want to, you know, uh, give into my addiction. Why? And there's then your spirits going, then, then, then get in the right order and you're going, oh, and it's back and forth, but you're in the wrong order. How do I get it fixed then? Get reordered, get reordered. See the flip? Number one is what? The spirit. Now, and I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit yet. Well, I am, but I'm, I'm talking about you, your spirit, all right? Because here's God, all right? God the Father, and here's the spirit of God who comes into your soul. God speaks to the spirit of God. The spirit of God tells you what to do. You tell your soul what to think, and your soul tells your body what to do. That is rightly ordered. And so many of you aren't. Why can't I, you know, John, why don't I have, uh, uh, you know, the, the ability to get past this personal besetting sin in my life? Well, you don't have the ability, but if you get rightly ordered, then you get the Spirit's ability, and then the Spirit tells your spirit what to do. Your spirit also says, yes, sir. And then your spirit tells your soul, your mind, your intellect, your will what to do. Your mind, intellect, and will say, yes, sir. And then your body, you say, all right, body, guess what? We ain't doing that anymore. We're not looking at that anymore. These are not my eyes. These, these eyes have been bought with a price. So I'm gonna glorify God in my body and my spirit, which are his. I put my body in its place. First Corinthians. I, Paul says, I subdue. And really, it's more intentional than that. It's more intense than that in the Greek. It's basically, I beat my body and make it my What? Somebody say it. It's not politically correct. Make my body my slave so that after preaching to others, Paul says, I, I could become a castaway. I could become disqualified if I let my body take over. And so I tell my body, no, no, you ain't going to do that. We ain't going to go there. We ain't going to think that. No, because you're not in charge anymore, body. You've been bought with a price. So body, guess what your job is? Your job is to glorify your savior, body. And, and my mind and my intellect are, are in subjection to my spirit, which is now made alive, which is in subjection to his spirit, which is in subjection to the Father. And so I subdue my body. Another passage, one of my favorite probably passage in the whole word of God, Romans 12, is talking about this. I appeal to you by the mercies of God, present your what? Bodies, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable. My body's not in charge anymore. My body is like, ooh, ugh, sacrificed. My wills, my desires, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You want to worship God? Do it this way. Don't raise your hands in the church service and go out and go back to your sin on Sunday afternoon. You want to really worship? This is how you worship. You present your body a living sacrifice. And he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How does my mind get renewed? The spirit takes the word of God, that's a Bible, <laughs> and impacts my soul. And my soul tells my body, all right, guess what we're doing? We're changing some things. That by testing you be discerned what is the will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Here's another way to say it. My created order equals my best health. God's spirit tells my spirit what to do. My spirit tells my soul what to do or think. And my soul tells my body where to go, what to do, what not to do. That's being rightly ordered. 
this is key to me being joyful. No matter what life throws at me. If my body's in charge, then my body's like, oh, it hurts, oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> We're gonna quit. Why do some of you start at the gym January 1st and never see it again after January 5th? <laughs> All right? The Bible says my body's a temple. Oh, this is in my notes, but my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. So that means I ought to what? Take care of my body. Not worship it. All right, not beach body, look at me, right? But take care of your body. Take care of your body. <clears throat> some of us have some addictions that are, that are killing our bodies because our bodies are in charge. And you know they are. This is key to me being purposeful, being locked into why I'm here, getting rightly ordered. This is key to me being blessed on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? On the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. Tangible uh, things are things you can see, taste, touch, smell, right? Uh, I need, Lord, I need some money to pay a bill. That's a tangible blessing. And when God gives it to you, he blesses you tangibly. Intangibly are things that you can't touch, grasp, but it's, it's like uh, uh, joy, peace, patience, love, those things. I want to be blessed by those too, even more than the tangible things. Application for your application box on the back of your sheet. I'm going to get myself an order. In 24, I'm going to get an order. That ought to be what you, if you have ears to hear, that ought to be what you are wanting to do. Amen? Man, Pastor John, this is good stuff. <laughs> Thank you, I know. Because it's God's stuff. It's God's stuff. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now with that stage set, that was just an introduction. <laughs> I'd heard of a preacher that preaches 20 minutes. I'm like, it takes me 20 minutes for an introduction. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. With that understanding, with your understanding of the three party levels of healing, we're going to look at this three huge life-altering truths from the healing of this dude who's never walked a step in his life and his 20, 30, 40 years on God's green earth. Are you ready? You ready to track with me? Three points. Say three points. All right, point number one, I need to stop praying small prayers. I need to stop praying small prayers. This guy's been handicapped, lame, whatever, since he was born, never walked. Other kids are out there playing tag, playing pin the tail on the literal donkey, right? They're playing Hebrews and Samaritans. That was their version of cowboys and Indians. And he, he, all he could do was just sit and watch and wish. He never walked a step in his life, little withered legs. In Acts 3, Peter and John were going up. They're just going up, you know, hey, we're going to go praise God. We're going to pray for a bit in the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, who they laid daily at the gate of the temple. It's called Beautiful Gate. To ask, interestingly, ask. You have not because you ask not. But James says sometimes we ask for the wrong things. And that's that same exact word that Jesus says, ask and you receive, seek and you will find. Same exact Greek word. They, he was going to ask alms for those. He just wanted some bucks. Since seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked, same Greek word, to receive alms. He asked 
for the wrong things. And Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them. Wow, these dudes are locking eyes with me. Everybody else kind of avoids locking eyes with me. These dudes, I, I'm going to get something from these dudes, man. These dudes must be high rollers. He fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Here are two spirit-filled followers of the miracle working Jesus right in front of him, locking eyes with him. And all he does is ask for a few piddling bucks. Well, John, he didn't know the power they had available to him, John, just like many of us, yeah. Do you know the power that's available to you? Do you? Then why don't you ask like it? Why don't you ask like it? Some of us pray such piddling prayers. You know, now I lay me down to sleep type stuff. Or even Lord bless me. Oh, Lord bless me. Remember, I love this being blessed. What is it? Being blessed is being on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. So I want God to bless me tangibly and intangibly. And so in his spirit, I, I, his spirit bears witness with me that, and my spirit that I'm a child of God. Lord, help me. Some of you are wrestling with the fact that you're even saved, the assurance of your faith. Lord, I pray that you will bless me with the, just make it reveal to me my spiritual situation. Lord, I, I pray that you would just, just work in my, my, my uh, I want to know you. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection, Lord. Before I start asking for stuff, I want to know you. It's all about you. I want to know you. That's being blessed in the spirit, blessed in the soul. What is that? Lord, renew my mind through your word. God, show me what you mean. And Lord, where it's hard, where there are hard truths, God, help me to acquiesce. Help me to say, okay, Lord, I don't like it, but I'm going to do it or I'm going to quit it. Lord, I pray that you would just renew my mind, my soul. Lord, I pray that you would remove my fears and, and fix my relationships and, 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 and grab a hold of my weird emotions because it's driving my spouse insane. And I pray that you will bless me. That's an intangible blessing, Lord. I pray you'll give me that intangible blessing. And then, Lord, give me some tangible blessings. Lord, I need $5,500. Now, if you need, if you need, whoop, if you need money, if you need $5,000, what should you ask for? $10,000. $5,500. Because you need to tithe. All right, I realize the math isn't exactly perfect, but, but, but work with me, okay? All right, so Lord, I have a tangible need. I, I need some money. Lord, I need a job, a J-O-B, and I pray, Lord, because I, I need to get out there with my body and work. I need, uh, heal, heal me, Lord. In, in my healing, Lord, heal my, my whatever, my, my COVID, my bronchitis, my sinusitis, my encephalitis, whatever itis you got. Heal me. It's third, but it's still important. Lord, bless me with the intangible and the tangible blessings, the favor of God. Jesus said it this way. I love it. Some of you are like, I don't want to bother Jesus. Well, good night then. You're missing so much. He says, truly I say, whatever you ask in the Father in my name, that means in my will, all right? Those of you that play lotto, stop it. <laughs> he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that what? Your joy may be, huh, full. He wants you. If you get answers to prayer, that you realize this is something I prayed for. This is specific. This isn't just random. Does that make you happy or sad? It makes you happy, joyful. Wow, man, look at that. That was my prayer. That was my prayer that God answered specifically. Pray specific prayers. Because when they're answered, it will increase your faith. Those of you just pray, God bless me, bless my family. How do you know when they've been blessed? 
How can you tell? How can you measure it? So if you need $5,000, you pray for $5,500. And then tithe, you stinky, stinky. <laughs> that my joy may be full. Pray big prayers. Don't pray for crutches. Pray for wings. Pray for wings. Be a modern day Elijah. And there's a reason why this is in the New Testament. You know, oh, Elijah, he was just something. He was a unicorn. No, look at this. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. And by the way, that means uh, strength or healing as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Wasn't nothing special. He just had a special God that he specially trusted in. And he prayed fervently. There's some of your problem. That it might not rain. That it might not rain. For three years, it didn't rain. And then he prayed again. Heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. God has just answered some amazing prayers in my life. And, and there were other times where I didn't pray like I should have prayed, and I didn't receive what I might have received. This is not name and claim it. This is not that. I love this from Phillips Brooks. Pray the largest prayers. You cannot think a prayer so large that God, in answering it, will not wish you had made it larger. Pray not for crutches, but for wings. I stole that from him earlier. So write this down somewhere. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Well, John, I, I just wish, man, I, I wish I could get a better job with just a little bit more money, just enough to get my head out of the water, John, just enough to get my head out of the water. How about praying that God gets you totally out of the water? Huh? Like Peter when he was drowning. Jesus didn't say, hold on to the boat, Peter, we'll drag you in. What did he do? Jesus got him out of the water and he was drowning in and into the boat. God, I'm drowning financially. Forgive me for praying that I just get my head above the water a little bit. God, fish me out and plunk me smack dab in the center of the boat of your blessings. Do that for me, Jesus. I'm coming to you as a child of God. And honor God when he does it. My mom will never come to Jesus, John. She's an atheist. We got ex-atheist I could point out sitting right here that begged to differ. They had people praying for them. They weren't praying. They didn't believe in God. Somebody else was praying. I love this. Satan cannot deny, but that great wonders have been wrought by prayer. As the spirit of prayer goes up, so his kingdom goes down. I love that. We're in spiritual warfare, whether you like it or not. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. Write this down. If my prayers aren't impossible to me, they are insulting to God. This is why should you pray for something you can do. If my prayers aren't impossible to me, they're really insulting to God. Some of you need to learn to pray. You need to learn. The apostles came to Jesus, the disciples, and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they saw Jesus praying, and he was getting answers to prayers. And they're like, dude, we've never seen it like this. This isn't get rich quick. This isn't name it, claim it, junk. This is daddy. I got a real need. It's not just a want. It's a need. And you promised to meet all my need in your words, all my needs. And so I'm going to come to you every day asking and seeking and knocking and, and, and until you give it to me or you change my mind. That kind of praying. Man, this is good stuff because it's God's stuff. Application. I need to learn to pray and quit piddling. In 2024, some of you learn to pray. John R. Rice said it this way, and I believe it's true. All of our failures are prayer failures. All of them. 
God can change anything. He says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. So if he can change the heart of the king, he can change the heart of your boss. He can change the heart of your spouse. He can change that idiot neighbor. He can fix that situation. You're his child. This is not some fancy name it, claim it junk. This is Bible. Many of you don't know. You are in kindergarten. You're in training diapers in prayer. Grow up. Learn how to pray. When you start seeing God answer your prayers, you'll go, man, this stuff really works. This stuff really works. And especially when your kids see it. And when your kids see their prayers answered. Some of you that give your kids everything, you're, you're, you're ruining them. You are ruining them. Make them, make them pray for it. Make them pray for it. I uh, hadn't thought of this. We were over at, uh, with Melissa and Logan last week. And we had gone out to eat and all that stuff. And I couldn't find my wallet. I got one of those new cool wallets. You know, the little thing with the rubber bands and you put it in. Slim thing. Couldn't find them. I'm like, oh man, I got everything in there. Oh no. So I called Melissa. Like she lives an hour and a half away. I'm like, hey, can you go outside and see if I dropped it? If I put it on the hood, oh my goodness. If I put it on the hood and just drove away and hopefully it, and so she went out, she went out and Logan's out there, my 10 year old grandson, and he's looking and he's looking, looking. And, and they're like, oh man, we can't find it. I'm like, oh man, oh man. We called up, where was it? Oh, Cracker Barrel. We were also at Cracker Barrel. Called up Cracker Barrel in Hampton. There, there they are. They go up. And I'm like, somebody's got it. Somebody's got it. And I'm praying, God, please. Lord, I don't need this now. I didn't know it, but my daughter and Logan prayed. I guess I should have figured they would. And they were praying, Lord, please help Papa to find it. Please make it somewhere. And I looked at the car three times. I'd gone through the car three times. And finally, I told Robin, I'm going to go out one more time. I'm going to go out one more time. And there's this tray that comes out that I sit it in sometime. And, and so I looked in the tray again. And I pushed the tray in. The tray, when it comes out, it covers the ashtray. And there it was in the ashtray. Called them. And they said, oh, praise the And Logan's back there. He said, praise the Lord. <laughs> this is a 10-year-old. Seeing God answer his specific prayer. Yes. Some of you adults can't do that. So pray like you mean it. Pray like God is real. You got a problem instead of going to the credit card? Why don't you come to Jesus first? He's, he's got bigger margins than Visa. He says, I, got, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. What, what, how many you need? You might have to pray for it for a while. But if it's something that is real, my will, and you need it, boom. I'll deliver it right on time. Usually scary to death. But I will. Life-altering truth, I need to stop praying small prayers. Life-altering truth number two, my changed life should be amazing. My changed life should be amazing. Verse eight. So this dude, he gets, bam, he gets healed. Le leaping up, he stood and began to walk, entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were filled with wonder and, and amazement at what had happened. And all the people were utterly astounded and, and ran together to him. What is this? What is this? Question, since you've received the most important healing, the healing of your spirit, salvation, have you started to, with the spirit's power, rightly order yourself? Rightly order yourself and start receiving, instead of your body drill, driving you like many of you today, your body's on top, your soul's number two, soul kind of stays number two, and your, the spirit is down here, why don't you reorder that so the spirit is number one, and then your spirit, through the word of God, and the spirit of God is telling your soul what to think, what to not think, where to repent, where to get it right, in your emotions start being healed. 
because your spirit is healed. And then many times that impinges on the body. Some of you are sick and you're sick physically because you're sick in your mind. A lot of doctors say that a lot of of our sickness comes from our brain, our mind, our thought processes. Some of you are depressed and it affects everything, right? There's overlap. It affects everything about you. God says, why don't you start getting healed? And when you start getting healed, and I'm not promising you're gonna have a full physical healing. I don't know what God has for you, just like I don't know what he has for me, but I do know what he has for me here. He wants me totally healed in my soul, in my spirit, and many times in my body. But if he's not healing me in the body, there's a reason, we'll look at it in a second. But it'll start affecting, that'll start affecting your body. What you do, don't do, where you go, don't go. I left Illinois farm country in 1977 to join the Navy, a wild, road-drinking, profane, selfish idiot. And two years later, and I came back on some leaves in between them, but two years later, I came back, they hadn't seen me a while, on leave, changed. Not perfect by any stretch, but radically changed. And everybody who knew me noticed, everybody. Church ladies obviously noticed it, but my running buddies noticed it. Scared some of them to death. Some of them wouldn't, you know, they just backed off. But some of them kept hanging around and asking questions. And years after this happened, I hadn't seen this guy in years, Jim Vogler, big dude. He'd were at my mom's house. We thought we'd bring the guys back, some of them, into my mom's house. We're having breakfast. And right in front of him, God and mom and everybody, Jim just kept saying over and over, I don't, and he has kind of a high voice for a big guy. I can't believe that John Houston is a preacher. I just can't believe it. I can't understand it. All the stuff you used to do. And I'm like, shh, quiet, shut up. <laughs> He's amazed. But at least four of my friends, my running buddies that I was running with back in the day and being stupid with have come to Jesus at least in part, because they started really seeing Jesus in me. My life changed to be amazing. To be amazing. And no, no, get this, get this. This dude didn't preach the message. Some of you are like, I can't preach, John, I can't share my faith. This dude didn't preach the message. He was just the change dude. You might not be a preacher, but you can certainly bring your friends and family to a preacher, amen? Where they can hear the word of God. They don't come for the preacher. They come because of your life change. If it's real. And then they come in here. Look at the Bible over and over. We don't have time for this, but, but I'll, I'll just say this. One of the ways to share your faith is simply, it's the first thing Andrew said to Peter, come and see. He didn't have any idea. Is this, is this the Messiah? I don't know, come and see. He's exciting. Come and see. Over and over you have to come and see. I, I, I don't know any theology, but I just come on with me. Come and see. Can you do come and see? Say come and see. Come and see. You can do that. Hey, come down to the Point Harbor. This dude's weird, man. He used to be in the Navy. He's crazy. But God changed him. Sometimes he laughs. Sometimes he cries. We never know what we're going to get. <laughs> come and see. That's what this dude is doing without saying it. Just with his life change. Application. I already said it, but you write it down. I might not be a preacher, but I can bring them to the preacher. Might not be a preacher, but I can bring them to the preacher. If you say that you've been changed, that you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but your old running buddies can't tell any difference, then you don't have a relationship with Jesus probably. You just got a religious affiliation. 
And having religious affiliations don't impress anybody because most everybody's got them. They aren't life-changing. That's all some of you have. Second Corinthians, so I learned this as a new Christian. So then if anyone is in Christ, trusted Jesus, Jesus in him, he is a what? A new creation. What kind of creation? Say it. A new creation. What is old has passed away. Look, what is new has come. Are you a new creation? Are you acting like it? Is there any proof that you really have the Holy Spirit of God living in you? Because you're a new creation. So, life-altering truth one, I need to stop praying my small prayers. Number two, my changed life should be amazing. And finally, life-altering truth number three, I need to affirm his purpose in my pain. I need to affirm his purpose in my pain. Real quickly, God has this habit of using us without our permission. (laughs) Doesn't it bug you? Using us without our permission. He does it here. This guy had never signed up for being born with withered legs. He never in heaven goes, yeah, make me the one that's handicapped. No, and I'm, I'm sure he asked the question that all of us have asked. Why, 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 why did you let me get this disease? Why did you allow this lie about me at work to get traction? Why didn't you keep that accident from happening, God? Why? And I'm sure because this guy was human, he'd asked it, prayed it a million times. But now, if he's paying attention, it starts to dawn on him. While he clung to Peter and John, uh, these people utterly astounded are running together, and then Peter sees it, and he starts addressing the people. Peter starts shucking the corn. He, all of a sudden, he got this big congregation of folks that never would have just listened to, oh, oh, let's have a church service. No, no, no. But wow, look at this. And so Peter's, and he, Peter's preaching the politically incorrect gospel. And he says in the next uh, the 319, repent. I mean, he goes there. Therefore, turn back that your sins may be blotted out. You need to trust Jesus. And, and then while he was speaking, all that stuff is happening. The, the priest and the captain, the Sadducees come up upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people proclaiming that Jesus uh, in the Jesus the resurrection from the dead and then they arrested him and put him in custody wow look at all this until the next day it's already evening that's a lot of drama but many of those who heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000 which is probably 20,000 plus when you include wives and kids God used this unnamed, he never used this guy's name. Unnamed lame man's years of pain, years of pain to set the stage for preaching the gospel so that thousands of people could be saved from an eternity of pain. He used some years of pain so that people would be kept out of eternity of pain in a place we call hell. And this dude didn't get it until right now, if he understood it at all. But Peter and John can see it. John, why does a good God allow his kids to suffer pain? Read your Bible. It's over and over and over. That's why I'm challenging you to read through the New Testament in 2024. So-called faith healers will tell you that God doesn't want anybody to endure anything bad. You know, if you're really walking with God and giving money to them, then you'll never have any sickness or a financial downturn. But they are not reading the same Bible I'm reading Because in my Bible, God uses Job's pain to prove a point to Satan. Just to prove a point to Satan. And never ever told Job the reason why. God used Joseph's pain, slavery, false sexual accusation, imprisonment for years to position him to save the nation Israel. God used Paul's pain and disabilities to plant churches all over Asia and Europe. And and God used Jesus' pain on the cross to keep you and me out of hell. That's how God works. That's how he works. Application, I need to affirm that there is a purpose in my pain.
I need to affirm that there's a purpose in my pain. But John, it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Write this down. I need to trade fair for faith. I need to trade fair for faith. I need to trade my idea of fairness for God's idea of faithfulness. My idea of fairness for the Bible's promise of his faithfulness. Romans 8, 28, a lot used, but it's used because it's powerful. We know, we know, some of you don't know. We know that though for those who love God, not everybody, for those who love God, how many things work together for good? All things. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly of your life. For good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What pain are you going through today? Right now? God's promise that it has a divine purpose. I don't know, even if it's self-inflicted. I love that. Even if I screwed up. And God's like, all right, did you learn your lesson? I'm working in this. I'm bringing good in this. I'm not saying what you do is good, what you do is bad, what you do is ugly, what you do is sinful, maybe. But I'm using this. What prayer you need to start praying? Asking, seeking, knocking. How many of you are gonna grow up in prayer in 2024? Why don't you start today? I'm gonna ask the pastors to come down to the prayer team. We're gonna take a little time and open up this front. What pain are some of you going through you'd like somebody to pray with you about? I'm not saying don't pray for healing. Don't hear me saying that. Don't hear me saying that. We know all things work together for good. And so we cooperate with God. Cooperate with God. Don't waste your pain. Stand with me. Stand with me a second. Here's what I want. Here's the invitation. Some of you need to pray. You got a need that's huge. Wherever it's at, whether it's spiritual, whether it's emotional, uh, soul-wise, or whether it's something, you need a physical blessing. You need some money or something. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. And so why don't you start asking? The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in their name, or my, my name, there am I in the midst of them. So here's my challenge to you. Don't wait for the next person. Don't worry about it. Just come on down. Come to one of these pastors here, one of these prayer team members. Got some ladies over here. All right, come on down if you want an answer to prayer. Sure, you can pray in your seat, but there's something powerful. There's something powerful about getting together with another child of God and saying, all right, I want you to pray for me. All right? If you're one of our deacons here, if you, you know, would like to come on down and help us to pray with some folks, because we got folks coming. Prayer team members, staff, staff wives. And you can pray by yourself if you want to.
saying, you know, I, I don't have really a thing any needs right now. Things are really good. Why don't you pray for somebody you know does? Some of your family that's away from Jesus. <clears throat> Some situation that's going on at work. Oh, the, the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman. The Bible says it, it changes a lot. It changes a lot. seconds let those folks pray uh, finish up God we thank you so much that you are not a distant God but you hear us. Not only do you hear us, but you drive our prayers by your spirit. You translate our needs, our, our clumsy prayers, by your spirit. And Lord, then Jesus in, in heaven, you are our advocate to the Father. As we pray to the Father, in the name of the Son, by the power of the Spirit. Just amazing. We've got such access. We've got such real power at our, our fingertips. We're on our knees. And Lord, we just, Satan just tells us, ah, don't worry, you ain't got time. That doesn't matter. And we listen to him and we go without. God, I pray that 2024 will be a year of changed lives and prayed up people. Use us. Just thrill us with what you're doing in and through us. And all of God's praying people said, amen. Amen. amen.